This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, with aid comes the possibility of fraud, so the government puts a top investigator in charge of guarding coronavirus money. Some fraudsters already have their sights set on small businesses. And the Justice Department accuses two companies of allegedly helping scammers operate. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Pentagon's Inspector General will take the lead in trying to head off waste, fraud, and abuse in the newly passed coronavirus spending package. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has details. Glenn Fine, who's performing the duties of the DODIG, will be the chairman of the newly formed Pandemic Response Accountability Committee. By law, the oversight board is made up of inspectors general from nine federal agencies. They will monitor the more than $2 trillion in spending for signs of improprieties. The panel is similar to the board that oversaw the 2009 Recovery Act. Fine served on that board as well. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. The Small Business Administration's Inspector General warns of new scams after the president signed the $2 trillion coronavirus spending bill last week. The IG says fraudsters have begun posing as SBA to get cash and personally identifiable information out of small businesses. The agency says it does not initiate contact about disaster loans or grants and does not ask for payment to provide these services. SBA also warns agencies to remain wary of potential phishing emails. Two telecommunications companies received injunctions from the Justice Department to stop facilitating scams, where callers say they're from the Social Security Administration, the IRS, and private sector companies. DOJ alleges that the companies operated as intermediate voiceover IP carriers, where they transmitted usually foreign-based scammer calls to individuals. Justice also claims the defendants sold U.S. phone numbers to foreign entities, which were then used as victim callback numbers as part of massive robocalling fraud schemes. Two individuals representing five companies are permanently banned from operating as intermediate VOIP carriers conveying fraudulent robocalls in the U.S. telephone system. Starting today, GSA is freezing new orders under old telecommunications contracts for certain agencies. Here's Federal News Network's Jason Miller with more. The General Services Administration is trying not to make the same mistake twice. It will start forcing agencies, specifically those that have not responded to outreach, to use the Enterprise Infrastructure Solutions, or EIS, contract for all telecommunications and network upgrades. GSA says by October, the old networks, WITS 3 and LSA contracts will be off limits to all agencies, except for in specific instances. Not freezing old contracts was a mistake GSA made during the last transition to networks from FTS 2001. I'm Jason Miller. Veterans Affairs is starting to take on new responsibilities as the nation's backup medical system during the coronavirus pandemic. VA opened 50 beds at one of its New York City facilities to non-veteran and non-coronavirus patients. It's also deploying its mobile vet centers to hotspots like the New York City region, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New Orleans. These mobile vet centers serve as extensions of VA brick-and-mortar facilities during hurricanes, wildfires, mass shootings, and other major disasters. States must go through FEMA's National National Response Coordination Center to ask for VA backup help. 
The 2021 defense authorization bill is hitting a hurdle due to coronavirus. Federal News Network Scott Massioni has more on that. The House Armed Services Committee is delaying the markup of the 2021 defense authorization bill. Committee members originally planned to go over the amendment and voting process on April 30th. House Armed Services Committee Chairman Adam Smith says due to the 30-day extension of social distancing guidelines, the markup will be moved to a future date that has not yet been set. Smith says the extension of social distancing guidelines is a prudent and necessary step. I'm Scott Massioni. The U.S. military has lost its first service member to coronavirus. The Pentagon says a New Jersey Army National Guardsman died on Saturday. The unidentified soldier had been hospitalized with the virus for the past week. Across the broader defense community, nearly 1,100 people have been diagnosed with COVID-19 as of the latest statistics on Monday. Those figures include nearly 600 uniformed service members, one contractor, and one military dependent have also died. The outbreak is compounding the military's challenges with child care. With military schools closed, some essential employees and mission-critical personnel are having trouble finding child care for their kids. The commanders of installations dictate child development center operations. Some centers are closed, running on limited hours, or at a limited capacity. A recent survey from Blue Star Families also found that 11% of military families are paying for child care that they can't use during the coronavirus crisis. The State Department summarizes its efforts so far to repatriate Americans stranded abroad because of pandemic. Here's Federal News Network's Tom Temin. So far, it's brought home some 25,000 people from 50 countries. Ian Brownlee, Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary for Consular Affairs, says another 100 flights are planned for this week for another 9,000 people. The first flight from Bangladesh took place yesterday. Brownlee says state is trying to convince the Peruvian government to let out Americans trapped by quarantine in a hostel. 2,800 U.S. citizens, though, have left Peru. I'm Tom Tamman. Most businesses up and running at the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission during the pandemic. EEOC offices are closed and employees are teleworking, but the agency says federal employees can still file hearing requests and appeals through the EEOC public portal. Agencies can send their own files and documents to the EEOC electronically. Federal employees can also check the status of their hearings and appeals online. The largest federal employee union is suing the government over its coronavirus response. More now from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. The American Federation of Government Employees is suing the government for not giving hazardous duty pay to employees working through the coronavirus. AFGE says employees are working in hazardous conditions and some have been exposed to the virus through their work. The union filed a class action lawsuit on behalf of five employees at the Agriculture Department, Department of Veterans Affairs, and Bureau of Prisons. Other employees can join the class action lawsuit, too. I'm Nicola Grisco. A pair of senators seek more protections for postal workers during the pandemic. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman reports. More than 2,000 postal service workers are in quarantine because of the coronavirus. That's led Senators Cory Booker and Bob Menendez to join 10 House Democrats in asking USPS what steps it's taking to social distance employees in processing centers. They also ask USPS to deep clean facilities and vehicles at sites where postal workers have tested positive for the coronavirus. I'm Jory Heckman. And the Census Bureau may need to dip into its $2 billion contingency fund during the coronavirus pandemic. That's led Senators Brian Schatz and Tina Smith to ask the Senate Appropriations Committee for more money for the Bureau in fiscal 2021. The Trump administration asks for $1.6 billion for the Bureau in its budget request, but the senators say that should be a minimum. 
The Bureau also expects to roll over nearly $400 million in 2021 to reorganize three of its program offices. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com, search Federal Newscast, subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One, and stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus at our coronavirus resource page on federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Eric White. Thank you.